Welcome to Thrive 9 to 5, a podcast all about how you can kick ass in the office and in life without feeling exhausted or overwhelmed. Each week, I'm sharing simple self-care strategies, mindset hacks, and time management tips so you can get promoted without burning yourself out. My goal is to help you create success without sacrificing your soul or your sanity. I'm your host, Celeste Harrington. Hey Thrivers, I wasn't planning on sharing this episode quite yet or this early into the podcast series, but I received a package this week and it just reminded me that this is why we're here. We're here to talk about burnout and I'm here to help you be a burnout buster. So I'm going to share my personal burnout story with you and it's all because of an eye mask. (laughs) So let's just get right into the story. So you know those eye masks, the ones that you can stick in the microwave and you can heat them up? Well, I received a new one in the mail and it was a moment of reflection for me as I was resting with this eye pillow on my face. And I was thinking about this damn eye mask and how it's only part of my routine because I suffered so terribly with burnout that it manifested physical symptoms in my eyes. So here is the nitty gritty of my burnout story. I woke up in, I don't know, maybe it's 2017. I need to check the year, but 2017 or 2018. But it looked like I got stung by a bee and punched in the eye, maybe <laughs> something like that. My eye was huge and red and very painful. This was very spontaneous. I had never had any eye issues my entire life. And to this day, No one knows why this has happened to me. And over the course of six months or so from July to that December, I saw maybe 14 doctors, I believe. I have all of this documented. 14 doctors. I know that I was on six different medications during that time period. And what I learned was I was diagnosed with blephritis and meibomian gland dysfunction. How this happened, I don't know. And that's the most frustrating part is that neither did 14 doctors. And I saw Western medicine, Eastern medicine, urgent care, like everything in between. And this is why I now have this rice pillow for my face that I heat up in the microwave for 60 seconds and I place it on my eyes for about 10 minutes. So the thing with blephritis or meibomian gland dysfunction, for those that don't know, you have glands in your eyelids. So if you are a person that wears eyeliner on your waterline, which something I will never ever do again, after being diagnosed with this and understanding more about the physiology of the eye in that area, there are little glands along that waterline. And typically in a healthy eye, that oil that comes out of your glands, it's what lubricates your eye. It's what keeps your eyes moist and not dry. And so that liquid is kind of like coconut oil. When my eyes are flaring or I'm having a drier eye time period, this actually happens. I've been able to track it and usually it's later in my menstrual cycle and I have really dry eyes. But that oil in your those glands can become really thick. And you can think of it kind of like coconut oil or olive oil. I guess coconut oil because olive oil never is solid like coconut oil is at cooler temperatures. 
So the heated eye mask keeps those oil glands in a liquid or a thinner state. And the issue with meibomian gland dysfunction or MGD or blephritis, I never really understand the difference between the two, nor do I really care to explore more about either one of these dysfunctions or diseases. But the liquid in those glands becomes really thick. Ophthalmologists and optometrists will compare it to like a toothpaste consistency. So the glands will clog sort of like a pimple when the oil is thick, and then you have really dry eyes. So the eye mask helps keep the glands in a liquid state and my eyes lubricated. And it's also really relaxing (laughs) to sit with a warm compress on my eyes and makes me lay down and relax instead of being up and running around and stressed out. But I was cracking up when I got this eye mask in the mail this week because so many doctors described this rice mask to me. And here's what I did three, four years ago when I got this prescription is I just used one of my boyfriend's old socks. I cut the toe off. It was clean. It went through the washing machine, but it was still like a mismatched sock. I cut the toe off. I stuffed it with rice and like dropped some lavender essential oils in there. I stitched it back up. That was it. Threw it in the microwave and I had heated rice masks. Not glamorous and not sexy. This is literally what I've used for the past three or four years since the onset of my symptoms. I just bought myself an official eye mask and that's what came in the mail. This is why I'm sharing the story with you because I can't believe that I did not do this sooner. It's purple, it's velvety, it's really soft, it's so nice, and it was only $15. I just can't believe it. And this really made me reflect on this journey that I went on in my burnout, and why I denied myself this luxury of a $15 eye mask for so long. And what I realized is I was denying that this is an issue that is now part of my life. In the past, and this is actually quite a recent discovery, anytime I had a flare, I immediately dropped into a depressive state, like lock me in my room, I'm depressed. We're not going anywhere. I felt like it was really debilitating. And why is this happening to me? Sort of victim mindset. And so I kept using this stupid rice sock, this dark gray, it was probably black at one point, faded Under Armour rice sock. It just seems so disgusting now that I have this really sexy velvety purple eye mask. (laughs) But I would use this rice sock that was part of my life that I just, I didn't like it. It was ugly. The flares were ugly. I hated it when it happened. But I've gotten to this place now where I see these flares and they're nowhere near as bad as they used to be. I'm no longer needing to take any sort of medication for them. But I see it and notice it as an indicator for me to slow down and to take care of myself. It's a sign that my body is saying, hey, lady, chill the fuck out. You know what happened last time. This is the direction we're heading in. You know, this isn't a good thing, like waving the red flag. And so I calm down. I put this now very luxurious $15 eye mask in the microwave, and I just lay down for 10 minutes. And so I was just laying down thinking about this whole experience that I went through because This last time that I had a flare, it still boggled my mind that 
no one really understood why this happened. No one could tell me exactly what exasperated the issue, what sparks my flares. I was tracking them with my monthly cycles. Some doctors wouldn't bite on that sort of data. More of the Eastern style medicine doctors would. So it's just really contradictory and it didn't help me find a solution at all. And I was pretty miserable at work and I was trying so hard to get noticed for my work. And I was frustrated I wasn't getting promoted. I was making great money, but I wanted a higher job title. And this was all sort of happening when my first flare happened. And this is just really part of that reflection part of like, hey, what caused this? Can I do my own exploration? And that's kind of what was going on in my life at the time. I thought I was being crushed under a ceiling that my boss was giving me and I had to shatter it to get ahead. And I was feeling really resentful of that boss at the time. And so instead of focusing on getting ahead at work, I tried controlling other areas of my life. And so being in the wellness and fitness industry, naturally, I went on a diet. (laughs) I'm laughing, but anytime I talk to a, a fitness professional, anytime anything's going wrong in our lives, we typically crank up the workouts the intensity, and we crank up the diet. It just never seems to end well. But I went on a diet and a very strict one. I was counting macros. I was sending progress photos to a macro coach. And so I was really just trying to control what I could. I thought I couldn't control my career. So I was like, okay, let me control my body. So I was trying to control my body composition. And I was also commuting like 15 hours a week on a very sketchy, windy road, not just a normal freeway, (laughs) over a hill and through the woods, literally, very windy. I was over-caffeinated, super stressed out, working out and dieting. These things on their own, individually, don't sound that bad, except for the commute. (laughs) I think that's just bad, period. But my poor body, my adrenal glands, if you know what your adrenal glands are, were suffering. And I was shutting down my system entirely. The adrenal glands are these tiny little glands that sit on top of your kidneys that produce cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So when I'm doing all of these things, cortisol is flowing freely, keeping me in a really heightened state all of the time. This isn't just isolated to me, it's happening to you too. So if you can go through and check all the boxes, like commuting a ton of hours, over caffeinated, I'm stressed out, I'm working out and whatever other life stressors you want to add on there, like the news, racial trauma, the pandemic, anything else that's going on. Those are just added stressors, family issues, illnesses. Those are all going to keep us in a really heightened state, which isn't really a healthy place to be. And so when I think about that time when that was my life, and then boom, this eye flare came out of nowhere, it really wasn't out of nowhere. It was a major warning sign or a red flag for me to slow down. What really got me frustrated is no one asked me those questions. No one asked me about my lifestyle or my caffeine intake or tested me for my hormone levels and tried to see what was going on internally. I did get my flares under control after some very heavy doses of prednisone, which is a really intense steroid medication. And then the final kicker was us a round of doxycycline to manage the acne that the prednisone produced. I shortly thereafter found coaching 
and started really evaluating my mindset. And then everything really started changing for me. I got bigger assignments at work. I got brought onto a new team to manage a completely different project that I had never been introduced before. I bought a house. I negotiated for myself in compensation conversations. I got certified as a life coach. I started my own business. I started helping people recover and prevent their own burnout so they can have success at work. And this journey is why my approach to burnout is so unique. I help people get promoted at work. But of course, that's just the natural progression after we get to the root cause of the burnout, because that's what literally every single doctor neglected to do. And I'm not here to tell you that I am the replacement for your physician. God, no, please go to your doctors, but also advocate for yourself while you're there. And you can really empower yourself to get to the root of why you're suffering. And this is really specific to the workplace situation where your well-being, your mental well-being is at risk here. So no one asked me what my lifestyle was or linked this random eye issue to hormone related issues. No one asked me my caffeine intake or my stress levels. And this is what I want to do with you is ask you these things so we can figure out a solution to address them. And the craziest part about this entire story, besides my eye, (laughs) is that I kept working. I did not take a single day off work, not even the morning I woke up with my biggest flare of my life when I went to urgent care. I actually made a Beyonce joke to my boss, like I woke up like this and sent her a photo of my face. I can share a photo at some point (laughs) of what that looked like. And I called into a meeting from bed. And this was before working from home was a thing. This is how I know that I'm supposed to help people with their burnout journeys because this is not what success should feel like. We shouldn't be limiting ourselves and sacrificing our health to dial into a meeting that literally our boss or our peers can catch us up on because our health is our priority. But this is what society is telling us. And this is what we're fighting that sick days are for the week and that you're a good employee when you respond when you're on vacation. But how are you supposed to function at a high level when we continue to spread ourselves so thin to the point of illness, to the point where we can't even work anymore? I remember I was at a networking event and a question came up about people suffering from burnout and how many of us have actually gone to the ER for physical symptoms of burnout. And I can't recall the exact number of people that raised their hands, but I will tell you that I was shocked at the number of people that raised their hands. Like It was actually very alarming that this many people are suffering from physical ailments of burnout. It's not just fatigue and exhaustion anymore. It's heart palpitations and random eye illnesses and pain in parts of their body they wouldn't necessarily associate with fatigue and burnout and exhaustion. And the thing about work is it doesn't need to make us drive ourselves crazy. Honestly, it really should be fun. And people kind of forget that. Like think about why you applied to the job in the first place. There's probably some nice interest and desire for the job or people that you worked with or something that attracted you to the role. I mean, if it wasn't supposed to be fun, why are we spending so much of our lives doing it? So after I spent this entire podcast sharing my whole life story with you, I want to help you prevent burnout so you don't wind up having your own physical symptoms. Or if you have had physical symptoms to burnout, you can use this approach to help prevent it. So I like to take a really holistic approach 
and look at four different factors that address your mental well-being, aka burnout. So the first factor is mindset, of course. I wouldn't be a life coach without looking at your mindset. Stressors. So what's going on in your life, in the news, life events, family. The third one is resources. So financial resources, tools you're accessing, coaching, therapy, and then your physiology, things like sleep, exercise, and illness. The unique thing about taking this approach is every single one of these factors impacts the other. So let's get an example out here. Say you want to focus on sleep and that you're sleeping like shit and you really feel terrible because of it. When we do that, We look at why you're not sleeping well. Maybe you have a really busy mind that's keeping you up at night. Maybe you're looking at screens before you go to bed or you're drinking caffeine too late in the day. You think when you're going to bed that you're actually going to fall behind at work. And yes, this is a real concern with my clients that they think they're going to fall behind at work by sleeping. (laughs) So we work on those things. We put in these really amazing mindset strategies so you can feel at ease going into bed. Because that's really what you have to do in order to feel good about taking care of yourself. You have to feel at ease in this very loving way. And it's hard to do that when you think you're going to be a terrible person and get fired and fall behind. So there's some gradual mindset strategies that we can do so you feel better about taking care of yourself. And it sounds a little complicated, but it's actually quite simple. But the challenging part is reframing your state of mind, especially when you're in that fear state, fear of falling behind, fear of getting fired. Whenever you're in that fear place, of course, you're staying up at night, right? So just coming to this awareness that you are in this mindset right now, that is the first step in changing it. So let's say we're working together and we get to the root. And of course you do because you're working with a coach, (laughs) but you start sleeping more. You start sleeping more soundly or deeply or whatever your goal is. So what happens as a result of that? Well, everything happens. You sleep better. So you feel better. You feel better. So you're more energized. When you're more energized, you're more motivated. When you're more motivated, you get more done. And whether that's your to-do list personally or professionally, you're also likely to be more fun to be around, which in turn makes your likelihood of getting promoted that much stronger. You're no longer fighting to get ahead. It just happens. And that is what happens when you focus on one thing in what I call this wheel of wellness, right? Those four factors, mindset, resources, your physiology, and your stressors, that wheel of wellness. But the opposite is also true. So say sleep, I'll stick with that same example but it literally, it could be anything, right? It could be financial stress or you don't have access to resources. There's something going on in your family, right? But we're going to say this example of sleep. So say you're sleeping terribly, you're tired, you're unmotivated, you're crabby, you're fighting your fatigue with caffeine. So your system is overloaded and it's already overloaded because lack of sleep is already a stressor. So you're just adding fuel to the fire with that additional caffeine And because this overload, that fatigue's actually even stronger and you don't even feel like getting the simplest of tasks done. So you do fall behind and then you're just brewing this burnout. So that's just one factor. That's just sleep. That's just one factor of the physiology bucket. So we don't need to go around and change a million things about our lives. 
You just have to focus on one thing at a time and then everything will change because it's all correlated. So I hope this helps you understand why burnout is happening, what you can focus on in this wheel of wellness, the stressors in your life, anything going on physiologically in your body, where's your mindset, and then what resources do you have available to you? And just pick one, not just one bucket, just one factor in that bucket. If you're going to pick physiology, maybe focus on sleep, or if you're sick, you're going to focus on getting better. It's time to do the nicer things for ourselves, like spending the $15 on the nice eye mask instead of trying to do a quick DIY job that doesn't even make it enjoyable for us. Stop denying the reality that is your life now and make it easier on yourself by enjoying the time that you are dedicating to slow down and take that moment for yourself. So focus on one area of your wellness at a time and let me know how that goes. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining this week on Thrive 9 to 5. If this episode hit home for you, because I know it did, join Thrive Weekly, a newsletter for people just like you who are looking to do success differently. The link to subscribe is in the show notes below. You can also follow along on Instagram at Celeste double underscore Harrington. And as always, subscribe to the Thrive 9 to 5 podcast so you can stay up to date as new episodes drop each week. I'll talk to you next time.